Welcome to Chantel Inspires. Each week, this program will address some of life's challenges, such as sexual abuse, suicide, rape, bullying, and more. Many of us face challenges like these in everyday life. Chantel shows us that we can overcome these challenges as well as be the light in the darkness of others who face similar setbacks. Now, here is your host, Chantel. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. It's so good to be back here. I know the last couple of weeks we've rerun a couple of shows. Last week we reran the suicide show just in light of Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade and all the things that are happening right now. Um, and the week prior to that, we actually had to rerun a show because I was in London and was not able to get back in time for the show. So that was totally on me. Uh, but we did get to rerun our very first show with Jackie, one of our home front warriors who talked so eloquently about um, what it was like to be the wife of a soldier and what they had to endure and while he was deployed. So it is so good to be back. And today I hope our show enlightens you all and inspires you because we have a wonderful guest today. Belinda Farrell is um, an author and she is very motivational. And I'm just going to read a little bit of her bio if I could. Uh, she has Belinda has overcome major life changes, uh, the suicide of her son, complete financial loss, and healing a degenerative spine without surgery, which is very interesting to me because I have scoliosis, so can't wait to hear that one. But all was not lost. By using ancient Hawaiian techniques and accepting responsibility for every aspect of her life, she was able to rise from the ashes find her friggin' joy, and now she's sharing this invaluable information with others in her book, Find Your Friggin' Joy. So with that, I want to have you all welcome Miss Belinda Farrell. Welcome, Belinda. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> wow. So where are you calling in from so our, our listeners know? I am in Santa Cruz, California, which is the surfing capital of the world, I think, next to Hawaii. Okay. Although I don't swim here, I don't swim in this ocean. It's very cold, but a lot of people do with wetsuits. Oh, I bet, yeah, <laughs> to keep them warm. So yes. where should we start with you? Now, What could you start with, um, how did you get inspired to write your book? Maybe we'll start there. Well, it, you know, it's been a long journey. I, I went through a divorce at 40, and I, I had two children, but I was always just kind of doing what other people wanted me to do. And so when I got my divorce, it was like finally I broke out of that mold, and I was starting to find things that really just inspired me and challenged me to break out of fear. So what better way than do a fire walk? So I started fire walking with Tony Robbins. Oh and my. I ended up um, being a teacher of his for about five years. And what the firewalk teaches you is a, it's a metaphor that says to yourself, if I can walk on these 2,000 degrees of hot coals, what else could I do in my life that I've never done? And what came up for me was I always wanted to drive a race car. And I thought, well, but I can't do that. But Tony teaches you that if you say you can't, then you must. 
and if you must, mm-hmm. then you will. And so I called a racetrack and found out where I could go just to learn, you know, mm-hmm. some basic principles. And I ended up being hired at the end of the four-day course to drive for Buick and Cadillac in New York. I, I had some talent. And oh, so when my I goodness. came back, they, yeah, they, um, I mean, I didn't even know how to drive a stick shift when I went to this class. <laughs> <laughs> so it it was really just something that had been lurking inside, I guess, and they created a stunt driving course for me, and I, you know, got a partner and joined a racing team, and, you know, in my 40s, that's what I was doing. I was a stunt car driver, and plus doing modeling and acting, and it was just a very exciting, fun time, but then my back was giving me signs of you know, failing me, and I, I was like an adrenaline junkie, and I wasn't listening to my body. Mm-hmm. I was taking classes in hypnosis, and I was starting to listen to some of the ancient Hawaiian healing techniques called huna, and, but I thought, well, that's for other people. You know, I'll learn this so I can help other people, and then I collapsed, and um, mm-hmm. I couldn't walk. I was told that I was never going to walk again unless I had surgery. I got dropped by my insurance company. I couldn't do any stunt driving anymore because I couldn't sit, stand, walk. So I was pretty um, compromised, and I had been learning all these healing techniques, and I thought, well, let's see if they work. I mean, I had to work on myself, physician heal thyself. So I started doing that. Um, I was in bed for about a month, was on codeine so that I could kind of not concentrate on the pain, and within a period of days of doing this concentrated healing and bringing memories up from the past and clearing them and forgiving myself, and I healed. I, my back completely re, reinvented itself. The scoliosis disappeared, the severity of it. Um, I had an aligned mm. spine for the first time in my life. My goodness. See, now that totally intrigues me uh, because I actually have a double curve in my spine. And I went through wearing the back brace in high school, which in turn led to all the bullying and all that wonderful stuff. Um, So how did you... Now, did you have just a slight curve or was it... Well, I wore a brace for the first couple years of my life. So I don't really remember the belt, you know, that I had, but I knew that I had some, you know, some issues with it. I was always told that I had a curvature of the spine, you know, an irregular okay. curvature. But after the healing took place, there, there's a slight scoliosis there. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I have been just perfectly normal and feeling good and rollerblading and doing all kinds <laughs> of sports, and I'm 73 now. Oh, bless your heart. That's wonderful. A lot has gone on, you know. A lot has gone on. But the thing is, is that you have to learn. The the recipe is in my book that I used. It's clearing the negative thought forms out of the past that are buried in your body. And it's learning how to talk to yourself. Because your unconscious mind that runs your body is like a computer. It listens to everything you're saying. So what I was saying to myself was that I can't be supported. I can't mm-hmm. be supported. So if, if I'm saying that to myself over and over again over a period of time, the unconscious mind that runs your body just says, fine, she's not, she doesn't think she's being supported, so I'll collapse her. 
And that's exactly what happens. So you have to change what you're saying to yourself and, you know, reestablish a new phraseology. So I started to say to my back while touching it very tenderly, thank you for remembering to support me. Thank you for regenerating. Those were the two Hmm. key things that I said to myself. And I would stand next to a tree outside, um, something really strong and you know, I, I would I would pretend that that trunk of the tree was my spine, and that I was mm. growing a very healthy tree inside of me. And I would concentrate on that and focus on that because whatever you focus on, you're going to bring into fruition. Absolutely. And that's how it all began. I just changed the way that I was thinking, and my back healed. And then, of course, the unconscious mind is the key to your higher self. The higher self is what brings the physical body into a change. I don't know how that happens. I, all I know is that I, my job and your job is to clear the pipeway. Like a pipeline. I know that. Yeah. And so you clear that pipeline, and then you start sending your desires up the pipeline oh. to your higher self where there's nothing to encumber it. And so I started to think of myself as somebody so nimble I could climb trees again. And so that gets mm-hmm. the unconscious mind excited because it's an emotional part of you. You just have to get the, the feeling. What, what, what's the end result? Are you going to dance? Are you going to, you know, do a marathon? For me, it was climbing trees. I loved climbing trees as a child. So I kept seeing myself climbing trees and getting very excited about that. And that's the thought process that went up the pipeline and the higher self brought it down and changed my physical body. And, you know, my mom always said, and I've said this a lot on the radio show, starting with my mom always said, <laughs> you know, a, lot of, a lot of things is mind over matter. And she told me, you know, when we would, not that we would ever wake up cranky, however, <laughs> if we ever did, she would say, you know, there's two ways you can get up in the morning. You can get up and say, good morning, Lord. Or you can get up and say, oh, Lord, good morning. And that is going to set the tone for the rest of the day. And, you know, she was right. And it's funny because the older I get, the smarter she gets. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the wisdom. I remember Tony Robbins saying, because he was one of my first big main teachers at the time, he attended this um, CEO meeting and very successful people in that room. But he asked every one of them, he, he said, you know, how many of you feel successful? Now, all of these guys were multimillionaires and had their own companies, but there were only a few hands that, that went up into the air. And one guy in the back was just bouncing out of his chair, pick me, pick me, pick me. And Tony said, what makes you feel that you're successful? And the guy said, every day above ground is a great day. Absolutely. <laughs> he had been to Vietnam. He had seen his friends mm. come back in body bags. Yep. So to him, every day above ground was a great day, and that was success to him. So he just managed to create a game in life that he could win. You know, right. it wasn't that, you know, I, I wasn't making money or doing so many you know, of, of my goals, I have, hadn't met all my goals. It was just every day above ground. That's a great day. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, we talk about that game that you play. It's going to be different for every person because everybody has a different level of success and money. Believe me, when I was really, really doing well in real estate, I was bringing home a hundred and a hundred and fifty thousand a year, and you know it didn't always make me happy. No, it didn't always make me feel successful at all. Right, Um, exactly. Well, I know. I know we have to go to break here, so I hate to uh, interrupt, but let's go to break. And when we come back, we're going to have Belinda with us again, and we're going to talk a little bit more about all of her successful motivational thinking. So please stick with us, and we'll be back in just a little bit. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red says. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else? Unsure of what your purpose is? Or if you even have an important voice? It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you tired of strained relationships that don't work? We all have at least one, a family member, friend, or coworker we struggle to understand and deal with. Now you can improve those relationships fast with simple tools and skills. Tune into Relationship Radio with Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. You'll learn how to have a better marriage, improve communication with your kids, and reduce stress at work. Listen live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Chantel Inspires. To reach the show, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Chantel at ChantelInspires.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Boy, this is an exciting interview already. I was just telling Belinda over the break how excited I was about her being a race car stunt driver. That was pretty exciting. (laughs) Um, All right. (laughs) See, these little things just excite me. (laughs) You have certainly had one wonderful, interesting, adventurous life, have you not? (laughs) 
Well, I have no complaints whatsoever, and more to come, I hope. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, when I spoke on uh, in the beginning about on your introduction, you had talked about, and you and I had talked about this earlier, too, over the phone, that your son actually committed suicide. Is that correct? Yeah. He took an overdose of pain oh. medication. He had had two um, back surgeries. He watched me heal my back without any surgery, without any Western medicine, and yet he could not do that himself. I was married to an orthopedic surgeon, so his dad was on the other end of the spectrum, you know, so he was always Mm -hmm. going back and forth, me who didn't want any kind of pills or shots or anything to the other extreme. So, you know, everybody has to make their own choice. Yeah. Oh, my. So how many children did you have? He had two surgeries. He had a ski accident when he was 12, and uh, he he was playing Pop Warner football. And I know one of the coaches stepped on him, you know, to get him to Uh do something, to, you know, not be what they call a sissy, you know, and and to go Mm -hmm. through everything. And, I mean, these kids are like, 12 years old, you know, they're just forming, but it, it kind of acerbated the, um, the pain in his back, and he was told that, you know, when he stops growing that he should have surgery, and he was always in pain, and, but he got accepted into oh. the Army, he went through boot camp, um, he joined the reserves, you know, he went through college. With the back injury? Um, with the back injury, Right. So oh he had a goodness. lot of. Uh, it was like pulling teeth to get me in there. Huh. Yeah. Well, he he had a lot of just, I guess, um, determination that he was going to mm-hmm. make the best of it, and he was on heavy duty pain medication. But then finally, when he mm-hmm. um, had the pins that were in his back, there was like a pound of these titanium pins taken out. He got some kind of an infection. It, you know, just surgeries would lead to more problems and more drugs. Mm-hmm. And that he just finally couldn't take it anymore. He just gave up. He had always told oh, me that he was never going to be an old man. So I never <sighs> knew what that meant. But he also promised me that he would never take his life. So it, it just, again, you know, I called him. When he was, he was out of state, he had gone to do a master's degree in another state in Ohio and then had taken the car and driven to another state. He didn't know anybody. I think if he had been home, um, things might have mm-hmm. been different, but he just he had no friends there, and he just, you know, gave up. And I don't think he thought it would happen that way. I think he just took too much and then was surprised that he got to leave because I did talk to a channel afterwards and through that channel he had said he was surprised that he crossed over. It it wasn't his intention to begin with. He just took a lot to get out of pain and then it created Mm -hmm. his heart to stop. Oh my goodness. I'm so very sorry for your loss. So as a parent, and I know... um, We've we've talked about this uh, on the show before, and I just you know that's something you don't ever dream about or ever think is going to happen is that you're going to bury your child, and 
I I just can't yeah. even fathom having to do that. So it takes a lot to overcome that. I assume. I mean, you you're so strong, Belinda. So strong. Well, I, I don't think you ever that... overcome it. <laughs> I think you know. You no, just, no, no, no. You Get you look through, at. I suppose. I mean, I I see him every day. He's somewhere. You know, my grandson mm-hmm. has. You know, he's. I sometimes call him by my son's name all the time. It's just weird. You just. And my daughter really? does the same thing. I have. I have a daughter, and she sometimes calls her son um, by her brother's <laughs> name. It's. It's. He's with us so much. You know, even to this day, and it was you know nine years ago, and. I just, I don't know, I, I just feel that, um, you know, he's trying to teach us something, he's learning something by being over on the other side. Hopefully, you know, the next time he comes, it's going to be different. I wish I could have helped him more, but there are things that you just, you, you can't live that life for them. They have to learn that lesson. Right. And there's such an increase, it seems now, in suicides. I mean, every time I look at the paper, there's somebody that's taken their life. I don't, I don't understand that. Yes. So many young people these days. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. They're young. They have no idea what lies ahead for them. And it, it well, they're is impatient. They're impatient shocking. to get out of pain. And, you know, pain is a terrible thing, but there's something over that hump. If you can, you know, find a different way or talk to somebody, it's in that moment that they just get impatient and then they think there is no hope. And if somebody could just be there for them or they could just call somebody or just, I don't know, it's a temporary, it's a temporary feeling to have that hopelessness because on the other side is, Hopefulness. Mm-hmm. Just they give up. Yeah. Indeed, they they do. And I like I've talked about before. I I had that back brace that I wore, and I got bullied a lot at school, and things were not going well. And I attempted suicide as well. And I tell you what, we talked mm-hmm. about it before, and it was the thought of never seeing <coughs> my father again that saved wow. my life. I, and I called for help. What? Wow. So, how old were you when that happened? I, I can't I was fourteen. You know, I don't I don't remember what age I was, but then I went through and I found some of my papers um from way back when. Actually they were my military papers and I I saw that, that I was fourteen. So mm. yeah, it was it was something that I never thought I'd do. It wasn't something I struggled with for years. It was, you know, I had been through so much in my life, even at by the age of fourteen, and then to try to take my life, it was just it was a it was a moment in time, and I am here to talk about it and say things do get better. They do get better. You just have to pray a lot, think positive, which is very hard to do in that time of your life when you're in that right. situation. And it's hard I don't to think see beyond tomorrow. Ever, yeah. Um, in my book, there's a memory that comes up. It's on page 109. I remember it vividly um, because it was of a tiny child, like an embryo, being thrown out into the universe like a piece of garbage. And she is Mm. finally taken up by these 
beautiful divine hands and placed safely in the arms of this divine being. And when I woke up from this um, experience, it was just like having a near-death experience, and I called my mother to find out what it was about my birth that she hadn't talked to me about. She never would talk to me about my father. And as it turned out, I had Mm. been taken to three abortion clinics where they attempted to end my life. And the doctors just couldn't go through it. They tried once, and then it failed, and then they tried two other times, and it failed, and so they finally had to have me. So I I guess I went through (laughs) that um, being you know, rejected or being thrown away or being tossed away. And yet there's a reason for every single life that makes it here. And I felt so loved by the hands that brought me up and just validation that my life was really worth something. I didn't have to prove to anybody that I was worthy to be loved. And that's when my healing started from my back. Because before that oh, time, that I was an... always, I think, trying to prove that I was worthy to be loved. And mm-hmm. when that, yeah. when that, um, that memory came up, it was like, no, I don't have to prove it to anybody. I'm, I'm here, <laughs> and somebody far greater than a human loves me and validates me, and that's all I need to know. Wow, that is. That's an amazing story. I just, I'm just sitting here just with chills in my, up my spine going, there, there's a reason. I mean, like you said, there's a reason right. we're here. And, right. and for me and for you, we've all gone through things and, you know, you went through that. I mean, three times they tried to discard you and, and somebody was just saying, yeah. nope. We need her. <laughs> we need her. Well, I just you know, kind of fought to be here. I, I felt the same way after surviving the suicide. And then I've actually survived a car accident. I don't know how I did, but I was. it was my senior year in high school. I had just gotten my new car. was a new old car. It was new to me, and I had just had it restored. And my brother had taken all year to do it because he was doing it at his vocational school. I got it back on a Friday. I was driving to school that Monday so I could show off my new car, my 77 Firebird. And our school was, yeah, our school was out in the middle of nowhere because we're South Dakota. So everywhere is nowhere. And so (laughs) I topped the hill and back then this was 1988. And back then we didn't have the seatbelt law. And of course I wasn't wearing my seatbelt and something told me to put my seatbelt on. So I'm driving, you know, eight miles to school or whatever it was. And I'm putting my seatbelt on. I top the hill and here's this car coming straight at me in my lane. And I'm looking and I don't see a I don't see a driver in that car. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And all of a sudden, they pop up and notice what they're doing. I take the ditch to the right, and she swerves, hits my back end. And I look in the rearview mirror, and all I can see is that car flipping in the air three or four times and landing in the field. Oh my God. And I oh somehow my God. pulled that car 
up out of the ditch and over to the other side. Another car comes driving by and asks if I'm okay. And I said, I'm fine. Call for help because he's dead. There's no way somebody could have lived through that wreck. And it happened to be an eight-month. It was a lady who was eight months pregnant. She had dropped something. She was looking for something in her purse. So she leaned over, was looking in there, and popped up, saw me. And the cop says, I do not know how in the world you pulled that out. He says, but you saved both of of your lives. And so then after after that and after the surviving suicide, I think, God has a higher purpose for me. I'm here to do something, so I had better do something good with my life. (laughs) No kidding. So the the lady didn't die, the the one that was eight months pregnant? No, she she survived, and she had that baby a month later on time, and all was well. So I was, we were all so very blessed. Oh, my God. So very blessed. So what, definitely, what God was watching out for us that day. <laughs> well, I'm gonna we're yeah. gonna go to break here um, on that note, and we'll be right back, and we'll talk to Belinda Farrell again. So please stay tuned. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Encouraged and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Chantel Inspires. To reach the show, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Chantel at ChantelInspires.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. Boy, we are just full of stories today, aren't we? (laughs) Um, I wanted to start uh, this section 
about uh, and give Belinda the chance and the opportunity to let all of our listeners know how to get a hold of her or how to find her book or find some answers with her. Belinda, do you want to enlighten us a little bit? Do you have a website? Do you have a Facebook page? Or where can they find your book? Well, my my website is hunahealing.com. That's H-U-N-A, Huna Healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. And Huna means secret. These were the ancient Hawaiian secrets of how they knew how to heal themselves. And the ancient Hawaiians didn't have any mental illness to think about. I mean, they practiced a forgiveness process where they would forgive themselves through their higher self. And it's something that we can do every day. It's like cutting cords. And when you cut your cords, you release the past, you release your agenda, and you give an opportunity for your issues to come to a higher level. And it's the most enlightening and lightening way to go through your life. I cut cords every every night that I take a bath. Everything goes down the drain. All of my angst and all my agendas, all my judgments, and it's like you release all this stuff off your shoulders. You know, the conscious mind mm. knows how to manage some of our painful memories, but it doesn't do a really good job of it. Eventually it can, you know, turn to really dark depression and lead to people doing things that they wouldn't normally do. And if you knew how to cut cords, you would find a a better way to just release things from the past and fill that empty space with, with light, fill it with a brand new state. And I think the Buddhists called it the void um, the Hawaiians called it the uh, the EO, and it's where all new things come about. It's new creation, new everything, and and you're here to do creation. You're here to write a book. You're here. You're here to write a play, or you're here to start up a new job, or you know something that you would not normally do, and that takes energy. So when you cut cords, you're releasing bad energy, and you're giving yourself the opportunity to see things in a new way and just have a much more fun time while you're on this planet, because it's challenging to be on this planet. <laughs> and so I <laughs> It is, because there is... Cords. Go ahead. I'm there sorry. is a lot of negativity going. Yeah, no, that's okay. My my apologies. Yeah. I was just gonna try to piggyback off that and and to try and be positive in a negative environment is very difficult sometimes. And yeah. it sounds like you have definitely found the way to do that in the Huna healing. Yeah. Well, it's a self-healing practice, and when you learn how to cut your cords, um, you don't even have to know why you're upset. You just say something to yourself and by saying, I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, thank you. Just those four phrases. You could say that as a mantra. I mean, we're saying things to ourselves all the time, and usually they're like, you stupid person, or why did you do that? Um, you know, you might as well say something, I love you, I forgive you, thank you. And you'll start mm-hmm. feeling that. Yeah. It's like a cosmic eraser. It erases some of that angst that's coming up that's buried inside your DNA, inside your cells. 
So by just getting into the habit of saying those four phrases, you'll be feeling better. Guarantee. Hmm. Well, we'll have to start doing that now, won't we? <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, wonderful. <laughs> well, if it were that simple. easy, I wish I would have known this a long time ago. <laughs> I know. And then it's just getting into the habit of doing it. It takes about 21 days to establish a habit. So to get your unconscious Correct. mind, you know, you have to consciously be thinking about it. And then after a while, you just won't think about it. You'll just do it. Hmm. Now, I want to give a shout out to all the listeners out there. If you want to ask a question of myself or Belinda, please feel free to call into our um, call-in line, um, 888-346-9141. I believe that's the right number. Um, (laughs) Give us a shout out because we'd love to hear from you. And I'm sure that uh, Belinda wouldn't mind answering a few questions because I know some of you are facing some things out there that maybe she could help you with or or guide you through. Now, Absolutely. Belinda, do you have do you have a place they can find your book? Um, tell us about oh. the title of your book cuz I love that. Well, find your friggin' joy. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you, <laughs> if you really want to get off your duff and you'll take action and do some of the things that are in the book, you will find your joy. You will find the lightness. Um that just came to me. It, it, it helped me to smile when I had a friend who, she never smiled or she never really showed a lot of joy and she was always kind of angsting. And I just remember one day she was watching this turtle that was kind of getting trapped in the rocks and she was just lamenting on this poor turtle. And I knew the turtle was going to get out of there. The waves were going to push him out. But I just <laughs> finally, I just said, would you just find your friggin' joy? It just came out. I don't know where it came from, but there it was. And she burst out laughing. I had never seen her laugh, heard her <laughs> laugh before like that. And, and I never forgot it. I thought if I could make her laugh with that, so why not use that as my title? Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> so how long ago did you write the book? I wrote it uh, several years ago. It's been out now since okay. 2013. But it's got its own life force, and it's been all over the world, and you know, it's helping people to overcome their fears and to be able to cut cords and and really do the work on their own. You have to be more action-oriented. You have to really be at cause uh, rather than effect to have any of this work. Mm. Some people just, you know, want to take a pill or they want somebody else to do it for you or they blame other people for their maladies. That won't work with this. You have to take responsibility for everything that happens to you because if you do, then you can uncreate whatever it is that happened to you. You can't change the past but you can change the way you're looking at it. Hmm. Does that make sense? Indeed. It does. It does. It certainly does, especially so with swimming with the dolphins. Not changing the past. Or... Yeah, you I started swimming with dolphins 25 years ago oh. and I hated the water. I'm going to the least least likely person to ever go into water. I, I just was afraid of it. I didn't know how to swim. Um, and then suddenly I'm being thrust into Hawaii where I'm 
you know, taking classes in hypnosis and I'm having to deal with my issues of the water. <laughs> and I was doing a higher <laughs> self connection, which is talked about in the book, and it's a, a breathing technique, 10 minutes of ha breathing. And as I was doing that, I, I experienced these dolphins and whales coming into my psyche and just visually seeing these dolphins and whales coming in, and they'd never been on my radar, ever. And then that night I was dreaming and dolphins were coming in and teaching me how to swim. And I woke up in the morning and I had this desire that I had to go out and meet them. But yet I had to face the water. I didn't want to face the water, but that's where they were. So (laughs) out I went. And I had a friend take me out there and a huge bottlenose dolphin came to me and downloaded information into me and I suddenly fear of the water just went away. All I wanted to do was connect with these amazing divine beings. And they taught me how to swim, to go deeper, and I started taking people in groups out to meet them, and I did that for 20 years. So every year I must go and get my elixir. That's my, they're my um, addiction. <laughs> You there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Okay. <laughs> I, I thought I oh, was back in the water swimming with the dolphins. <laughs> well, I tell you what, let's go to break for a second, and then we will be back speaking with Belinda. And in the meantime, if you guys have any questions, please call in so we can try to answer those for you. Um, but, Erin, let's go to break now and see if we can... Um, fix our technical things right now. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. encouraged and connected on our lively award-winning healthy living power hour star style be the star you are with host and empowerment architect cynthia bryan live every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific on the voice america empowerment channel tune into the power party for positive uplifting life-changing talk radio visit starstyleradio.com sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else, unsure of what your purpose is, or if you even have an important voice? 
It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Chantel Inspires. To reach the show, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Chantel at ChantelInspires.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hello and welcome back. I apologize for the uh, technical difficulties here in South Dakota. We're having a little bit of a a rainstorm, so I'm not, uh, <laughs> my technology isn't working the greatest right now, so I do apologize, but I wanted to thank you all for coming back. We are here with Belinda Farrell, and she was just talking to us about how um, she's been swimming with dolphins for over 20 years, and tell us again, Belinda, you say you're taking people out to swim with them, is that like a once a year thing, or... How do they? How does someone get involved in something like that? Well, I've been taking um, clients like a one-on-one, and okay. I pick them up at the airport and take them to rent their snorkel gear, and it's a whole week intensive of swimming every morning in one of the sacred bays where the dolphins frequent, and we also visit sacred sites and and do sacred ceremonies and do healing work. And it's been something I've done for about the last 20 years. I'm kind of toning it down now. I go myself. I'm not um, doing it so much now with clients. It's just it's gotten to be uh, a lot of work because I would do all the cooking and the driving and the healing and everything. <laughs> just um, a real intense a lot out of but, you. <laughs> yeah, but unforgettable. And it changes you forever. And some people had come back uh, two, three, four times to have that experience again because the dolphins just change you. They see you as a piece of sheet music, and they want to put you back in harmony. So they don't have the beta, you know, self-talk that humans have. They're just mostly floating around as theta and alpha, which is a meditative state. And so the sonar comes and it just it vibrates against your body and it's like you just can't hold on to the sadness. You can't hold on to the fears anymore. And you just seem to fall in love. It's very dangerous because whoever you're going to be next to, you're going to fall in love with them. <laughs> that, that has happened. All right, well, I'll just, 
I'm going to take Matthew McConaughey out there with me. And yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Make sure you, you're with the person you want to fall in love with. True. John no, Bond, any takers, yeah. Yes. No, it, it's oh. incredible. It's, it's a whole elixir of just intoxicating, unconditional love. And that's what brings people out there. And it's not like we chase them or do anything. They choose to come to swim with us. They really love the humans because they're very much, you know, they're a mammal. They're just like us. They have to breathe um, just like us. They need to come out of the water every seven minutes to breathe or else they'll die. And in a Mm -hmm. sense, if we don't take a deep breath up to the top of our heads, like a hard breath, we die a spiritual death because most people are usually shallow breathing or breathing mm-hmm. through their mouth or through their chest, and that's how you create anxiety. That's the recipe for creating anxiety. So mm. the dolphins teach us how to deep breathe through the nose and come up to the top of our head and connect with the higher part of us. So we learn a lot from the dolphins. Isn't that unique on how the animals can heal us? Because I know that they have horse therapies as well. And it's yes. amazing to me how they can sense that. Yes. And, you know, we don't have that sense, but they do. And it's just, it, it truly amazes me every time I hear one of those stories. Well, the dolphins save us. Yeah, they save us. I, I was out there and... I got nudged by a dolphin that there was a predator coming towards me, and almost oh. instantly the pod circled me. And, really? you know, that predator went down below, and I, all I could say to myself was, huh, I bet he would like to come and play with us. He's all by himself, yeah. and we have all these friends here. <laughs> it was just so quick, <laughs> so fast, so unpredictable, but I felt very safe. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Now, the people that, that you heal with the dolphins, what, what kind of things are, are they coming with? What sort of baggage? Is it physical? Oh, is gosh. it mental? Is it kind of a combination? It. <laughs> it's all of it. You know, there's people that have been in the military. There's housewives. Oh, okay. There's just all kinds of people, you know, that are looking for peace, salvation, um, freedom, you know, mostly freedom from their thoughts. And when you're in the water, you, you're in a different world. You're in another world. It's this watery world where it's quiet and it's just, it's so peaceful under the water. I, I just find that it's absolutely the most meditative, beautiful place to be. I, I started to learn how to do free diving you know, to go down and to hold your breath and come back up. And, you know, I just don't do it enough. I only go once a year now, and uh, I look forward to that. Now we've had a big eruption of a volcano on the other side of the island. But, you oh, know, yeah. that's how that island was formed, was through volcanic mm-hmm. activity. So yeah. it's, it's an adventure, and I always look forward <laughs> to it. Yeah. Indeed. Well, now, we have just a few minutes left. You've talked about overcoming so much. Was there a time, I think we talked about, there was a financial loss. You kind of got taken by somebody, did you not? 
Do you, do you feel yes. comfortable talking about that? Um, well, sure. It's so in the past. But, you know, you <laughs> cannot... You, you always have to know that around the next corner there's going to be some other reaction. I had mm-hmm. trusted this uh, person because all my spiritual friends, quote-unquote spiritual friends, had put their money in this um, investment savings category, and he was supposed to be, you know, very up, you know, just a really upstanding young man, and you could trust him, and as it turned out, it turned out to be a Ponzi scheme. And mm. it was a month after my son passed away that I found out that all my money was gone. So I oh. had to kind of um, sell everything and just move from the comfortable place I was living. And um, it, was, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful, but I knew that I was more than my things. And, um, right. you know, I cut cords. I, I did all the cord cutting so I wouldn't feel sorry for myself. Um, I was still trying to overcome the grief of my son. So it was a very, very difficult time, and I really wasn't doing much healing with other people because I was trying to heal myself. And then a friend took me to see a movie called The Living Matrix, and it featured mm-hmm. Dr. Eric Pearl. It featured uh, Bruce Lipton. And I watched Dr. Pearl do this, healing on a young Greek boy in a wheelchair who had cerebral palsy, and he did uh, three successive healings without touching him and just playing with his frequencies. And it was called reconnective healing. And that little boy was able to get out of the wheelchair and go and play in the playground and hold a cup for the first time. And I was just completely, yeah, I was just, shocked and baffled and wanted to know how to do that. And I came home. I found a practitioner here in town who could do a session on me. She knew nothing about me. The less you know about the person, the better. And after that session, my grief seemed to just lift. And I was light again, and I, I just felt joy back into my life. It was a half an hour session. And I had another couple sessions. I had my reconnection done. Um, mm-hmm. I flew to Chicago to learn how to do this. I came back and went to Hawaii and started practicing reconnective healing. And it really you saved are... me. It was. It, it just saved me. Uh, it was the well, next I... step that I needed to take. Huna is great for self-healing, for learning how to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. But the reconnective healing you do to somebody else and it really okay. accelerates you to another level. And it, it's what got me to write my book, because after I did this reconnective healing and I did the reconnection, I was told I was going to write a book. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, Belinda, you have been a marvelous guest, and I truly hate to cut this short, but we have got to go. Our time has run out. Oh, but com is where we can get a hold of you. Is that right? That's right. And you can order the books mm-hmm. at Amazon or on my website or Barnes & Noble. Wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. And now, everyone, I'm, I'm going to have you stay on the line, Belinda, because I want to talk to you when you're done. But I just want to thank all of you for joining us today. Remember that you are the author of your own story. So wake up. 
be awesome and write yourself a fairy tale ending. Thank you all for being with us and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to Chantel Inspires. We hope you found personal inspiration in today's show and can take control of your life as well as be a light for others. Be sure to tell others about the show and tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.